Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. All right, well, the listeners have been with me over a year or two now, however long it's been, Randy. It's been a while. Feels like dog years, doesn't it? (laughs) That's right. It's like dog years. Um, But we are in the position where I had just, uh, we had turnover uh, of a a senior business partner and are getting ready to fill that again. And it brought up the question of training, right? Of investing in training and still growing your people. And this comes up often, so I thought it'd be worthy of a discussion that commonly when we have uh, people that vacate a position, you know, by choice, through retirement, through uh, force is what I call it, where it's not their choice. But anytime you have a vacancy, it often comes up from leaders. You know, I talk about, well, you still got to develop your team. And the common answer is, what do you think? I don't have time. I don't have, I just need to fill the position. Where am I going to find the time for that? Yeah. And so it, it's it's so important. I thought we'd enjoy talking about it today. Is the the necessity to always grow and develop your team to take time to do that because you can't afford not to. You can't afford not to because each of us may have opportunities, and you may have other staff that you don't realize may be looking. You may have other staff that have a promotional opportunity and they move out or up and now you have another position to fill. And it is to your benefit and to your team's benefit that you train and cross train uh, and develop them so they are ready for the next step when it occurs. And then it's seamless. Yeah. If we don't prep, you're going to be in trouble and it is an endless, vicious cycle. And we've all been there. I've been there. I'm sure you've been there as a CEO. When you don't invest in development of your team continually, you will get yourself into a hole and you're trying to dig frantically out, or I call it, you're going to be below the waterline with a snorkel, just trying to get some air. That's right. right. So it's a false, I think it's a false belief, first of all, but I've, I've come to that conclusion just through my own idiocy. We think we don't have time. And we think that if we take the time, then the work product falters and we can't let that falter. And And it's really the opposite. No, it's completely the opposite, but that's, we have fooled ourselves into thinking that just like we fool ourselves into thinking, you know, if I walk out that door, they are screwed. No, they're not. No, they'll find somebody. They'll survive because they have to. (laughs) The void, the void gets filled. And I think for me, it, for me and my personal experience, it starts there. It starts with what if you're wrong? Yeah. What if you're wrong? What, what if your belief that the work product a will suffer B it will slow down? What if that's just not true? Because in my experience, I have found it's not true. It's just a good excuse. It's a good reason to procrastinate or even blow it off altogether that we're not going to spend our time doing this stuff. I've got a belief I could be wrong, but it's just based on my, my experience. I think an awful lot of growing people takes that as an excuse Mm -hmm. because we don't know how to do it. We know how to do the work. 
we know that that next project coming through got that need hands all hands on deck but we we got that now sit down hit the pause button and let's talk about investing in people and growing people and well i'm kind of stumped uh you know i know how to do all that conveyor belt stuff got that i can do i can do that yeah it's overwhelming at times but i can do that but now when we start talking about trying to grow people that's just a garden that an awful lot of people they're just ill-equipped to garden that's right that's right and it's it's you know it comes down to and we all get ourselves in this bind including me that we are so busy and and i'm i'm not going to fool anybody into thinking that at grand prairie we've got lots of time to spare and this is just easy because it's not um but isn't it a badge of honor to some degree aren't people kind of wearing the whole busy thing is you know man i'm just so busy i'm just i mean it's like it's a it's a point of bragging yeah, well, and it's also it, it maybe a point of bragging. It's also a reality, right? Yeah, but I don't it, deny you're not the gonna truth. Be unbusy, so no, I, it's just yeah. it's just I don't the deny world the truthfulness of it. I don't <laughs> deny the truthfulness of it, but it's like this one-upsmanship. You know, you're busy. Well, guess what? Well, I'm. Let me tell you what I'm doing. You know, it's yeah. that kind of stuff. I, I always tell my staff. Time. I said, if if somebody comes and asks you for help, the last words I want to hear from your lips are, "Man." I would help you, but I'm busy because I said, what have you just told the other person? You've told them they're not busy. <laughs> you know, well, my busy is so, more important than you're busy. That's right. So we cannot use that as excuse. It's just our reality. We all live in that. I have not heard anything different from any of the other HR departments in my world, right? I'm, I'm yeah. working in HR world uh, and we have a weekly group meeting across the state. It's got like 200 plus people in it. I have not heard one department say, you know what? I wish I was as busy as you guys are. Nobody. That has never been uttered. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we are all busy. But to the point of the conversation today, we choose what we want to invest our time in. And how are you choosing your people or are you choosing you? Well, right? because- let's break that down. I mean, so what kind of time, what kind of time are we talking about? And I think that's another horrible myth. That, you know, for me to grow my people, I have to hit the pause button. Everything has to stop. No, it doesn't. No, no it doesn't. That, the, it's through all this work that we're doing this growth. Yeah, you know? I, so I my always question say it's just what, another meeting. It's just, yeah. It is just another, you just schedule the time. You just do it. And it doesn't have to be this extraordinary program that you've developed. Uh, I give examples, um, you know, with our turnover yesterday, of all things that we need on our plate, we had organizational changes. And we had organizational changes last year, and we hadn't done them in the system yet because we had a new payroll team. So we've been kind of managing, knowing we need to make changes in the system. And it's like creating new departments and creating new orgs and you know whatever any city calls it. Right. But that takes a lot in our system that's very complex. It takes a lot of internal changes to make that work and not fail in the system on a payroll side. So we delicately <laughs> approached that and we've left it and we agreed to leave it until this year. But um, but we've got all new payroll staff, two new ladies that have not run payroll. Our experienced team had left and gone to other adventures. Um, I've got new staff and the one we lost was on our payroll side in HR that does all of the system maintenance. So this was, a again, a time. Do, do we have time to train? 
well, reality is, do I have time not to train them? <laughs> you don't have an option. I'm the only knowledge base left in this system yeah. from when it was incorporated, you know, when it was instituted or implemented. And so we just took time and scheduled it. And I told them, it's not just doing it. I can show you the steps to do it. And it would take 10 minutes. The, the benefit of coaching and teaching is the why. That's what's important. If they can understand the why and in anything that you do as a leader, if you can explain the why, they start grasping your thinking. They start grasping the culture. They start grasping what do I need strategically to think about on impact. Those are the things when I talk about teaching and growing and developing your staff that are critical beyond the how-to. The how-to is the easy part, right? Mm -hmm. the, the growing and development is the hard part. And you just have to set time and just do it. And we, I mean, it was, guys, it was 30 minutes. I told them not only the how-to that took about five minutes, but here's the things you have to think about and why as a team, we didn't just go in and make the changes in the system. We've included IT, we've included finance, we've included accounting, we've included budget, because all of those have to work together on what seems or appears to be a very simple change of creating a new department in the system. That's our that's our world. This is um, you know minor compared to all the leadership issues we have. But I tell yeah, leaders, really. when, yeah, not when I tell really. leaders we're talking about this, now my team and the finance team and the payroll team and the budget team they all understand what partnerships. Way bigger. I've just developed something in their minds that goes well beyond just the how-to. It's now, why do we need, what are the benefits of strategically coordinating on these things? And guess what? We tested it and it went perfectly. You know what I mean? And it's, but I tell them, you have to do the, you have to be thinking ahead to make sure on these things, who is going to be impacted. And by teaching that why, I've now got eight people that know how to do it differently rather than just me telling my team and hoping everything goes well with all the other teams in the city. That makes sense. Yes. And 30 minutes spent doing that. I mean, what's the, in your mind, what's the downside? Had you not done that and they would have gone ahead and they would have done their thing, produced the work, but had you not done that, what would you have sacrificed? Well, there's, it's twofold. One, uh, I could have just done it myself cause I'm the last dinosaur that knows this system because we haven't implemented a new one. So I could have done it myself. And the next time something came up, we'd still have the same team that doesn't know what to do. So that's the first thing I've passed knowledge down, which is critical. We've talked about that in our leadership recipe. You mm -hmm. have to not only gain knowledge, you have to pass along knowledge to strengthen your team. And team being not just HR, but team being city. You know, all of the departments impacted by that. Secondly, it helps them be more empowered to make the change and they've now increased their value. They know more, they can do more. They've just seen how to collaborate as a team as well without me necessarily leading it. So I've empowered them with the knowledge they need to actually make these changes in the future without me teaching it again. But how so, important, how important then is the, I would add a third one. How important then is that whatever those lessons in your culture, and the way you guys really want to roll. Well, it just, it, it, it adds value to the people that you're investing in them. That's the, the, the key thing is your, your people value has exponentially increased with each knowledge nugget you pass on, right? You, you, 
they see in themselves, I've, your leader has now invested in you and you get a little, I just can't tell you um, how much and how often I hear when we're passing along these nuggets of wisdom that the team is engrossed in it. I mean, it's almost fuel for energy. They, they yeah. at least my team, I see this energy that comes from understanding not, and I'm not saying this because it's me. I'm not saying this to promote Lisa Norris. I'm just saying as leaders, Passing on this knowledge with um, insight and and wisdom and thoughtfulness, they see that you're giving you their that, that you're giving them your time. And time is really important to have FaceTime with your team. In my they crave opinion. it, they crave it, and they value it if it's genuine. If it's not, you know. If it's not um, contrived, contrived, yeah. Mm -hmm. If it's genuine, it's good to go. So, I always, I always tell the leaders that say, you know, I just don't have time. I just don't have time to do that. You, you got to make time. I mean, it. You make time to go eat lunch, right? We we make time to go work on our computer and then respond to emails. Is our team worth the time? I would say yes. You need to invest in them. Everything that you give your time to them grows them and develops them if it's time well spent uh, with purpose. And, uh, you know, you, it, it just it's going to add value far beyond the mo the 30 minutes that you provide or the hour that you provide. And it doesn't have to be every day you can give nuggets in minutes. It doesn't have to be an actual meeting every single day. But if you're passing along your nuggets of wisdom and, hey, let's talk about why you did that. Just sharing and giving them insight. I'm just telling you, it it the value goes far beyond uh, that. That starts setting your culture. Well, I've got that down as a future episode to talk about of just the small things. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a story. Uh, if you're offended by a biblical reference, then you'll just have to build a bridge and get over it. But there's a story in the Old Testament about uh, a particular commander. And his name was Naaman, and the Bible says, but he was a leper. And he's got this little Hebrew girl who's a slave for him, and she's like, man, if he, if he was only where this prophet of God was, then this prophet of God could heal him. And so he ends up getting permission. He goes down there, and the prophet sends a servant to the door. The prophet doesn't even come out to meet him. I mean, he's he's a big shot. You know, he's a big shot, smarty pants kind of a guy, so he's totally offended by that. And uh, the long and short of the story is he's told to go dip into the River Jordan, which is this horrible, mucky, muddy river, dip seven times. Well, he doesn't want to go do that. And finally, one of the servants says, you know, if if, if you would have been asked to do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? So why not just go on down to the Jordan and dip seven times and be healed? And I think so many times in our leadership journey, we want to do something big. And we get it in our head that leadership is largely, it's something big. And my experience is, and my insight from working with a lot of leaders over time, mm -hmm. that's just not how it rolls. It's just everyday, ordinary habits and behaviors, and it's all these little things that we do, 
It's all the little kindnesses that we show. It's all the little acts of attention, you know, that add up. Somebody wrote a long, long time ago and made an analogy about our relationships. I don't know about you and Don, but I can tell you, me and Rhonda, if somebody were to ask me or if they were to ask Rhonda, okay, what, what, I mean, what's the one thing, what's the one thing that caused you to, you know, to fall in love uh, with this person? I, I couldn't tell you. Mm-hmm. It's not just one thing. It's just a boatload. It's a boatload of seemingly little things, but they all add up to make that person who they are. And our leadership journey is exactly the same way. So I would start there with don't think that, okay, well, this is going to take way more time. No, it doesn't. Yeah. How much time does it take for you to develop the relationship, you know, with your kids, with your spouse? It's just all these little micro moments that add up. And to your point, our people, they crave it. They crave it. They're watching. They're paying attention. They're taking their cues from us. We've said it before, and it bears repeating. We have got to give them a truthful, honest story to tell themselves about Mm -hmm. where they fit, how they fit, how they make a difference. And if we don't tell them that, they will create their own narrative, and mostly it won't be a good one. And that helps nobody. So, No, it's... it's, um... And I was just looking for it. You know, you talk about culture um, and Tom Hart, our former city manager, for those of you that know him, um, you talk about the little things. He he actually puts that in our executive offer letters. And I believe Steve has followed suit. We've had less of them. But um, I was looking for one that we had done in the past. Um let me look and see if I can. I'm just curious if it's still in there. But he talks about in the offer letters to our directors, it's not, I'm not asking you to look for the one big thing. Uh, it's the million little things. Um, yeah. Um, I was trying to see if I could find one, but he talks about don't look for the one big thing. I want you to, it, it's all about the million little things that you do every day that create creates a great leader and a great culture, you know, and I he, agree with him. I mean, he gives us about, tw- I mean, 20, 25 bullets he, right. it, that are simple. It's just mm-hmm. lead, you know, lead well, create raving fans, value you back. I look mean, at what it, you're asking for your people. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how is that behavior that, so you're there when he was a city. So how, mm-hmm. in, how congruent is that behavior that he's expecting of you and you expecting of your people? Mm-hmm. It's completely congruent. That's right. Leadership is showing people the way. I mean, come on. We do know that. We all get that, right? That's I mean, right. We've got to kind of be out front showing people how it's done and how they can succeed. So I think it's largely, I think it, Honestly, I think it's all largely much ado about nothing. I think mm-hmm. it's a bunch of excuse making. Mm-hmm. I think we've convinced ourselves we don't have the time to do it when the reality is we can't afford not to do it. That's right. Because the people that you're going to lose first are going to be the high performers. You're going to have to chase off the dead wood. That's right. The dead wood's not going to walk out the door. They're going to hang on. So that's just a bad to me, that's just a bad life to live, to live. 
to to know that I'm losing good people and now I got other people and I can't get rid of them unless I am really intentional and purposeful about it. Yeah. And, you know, talking about when you talk about a culture and you talk about uh, coaching and teaching, uh, you know, it just, and this is a good example. And I'm going to read this paragraph that he puts in his, um, in his offer letters. And it's a different offer letter. I'm sure many people have offer letters that are just, Here's your salary. Here's our benefits. We expect you to start on this day. But I want to read you this paragraph that is in our uh, in a lot of our offer letters and was under Tom because he had all of these bullet points, right? All of these things. But this is the last paragraph. I expect a lot. I'm confident you're the right person to take the helm and continue our journey on a on a, a journey of excellence. Got to make this a little smaller so I can see it. Understand my role. It's simple. It's to make you successful. I will be fighting for you and supporting you. Talk to me anytime, 24 hours a day and any day of the week. I want you to be successful both for your sake and the sake of the city. My belief is that it is not one major item that makes an organization great. It is 1,000 small things. A great leader creates a great team. Get them aligned and working toward the common goals and objectives and ask them to help find those thousand items that will make this organization world-class a great leader does not care where the ideas come from they just want great ideas they also know they need to recognize and reward the team if they want to keep the improvements going i believe you will be that kind of leader accepted with contingencies and they sign how powerful of a statement is that on culture and getting it right and doing the little things that matter well, you haven't even hired them and you're already growing them. That's right. You haven't even, you, they haven't even signed the contract yet. They haven't even accepted and you're already growing them. That's what I would say. And you're setting the stage of if he's doing this at the top, you think I'm going to sign that and not believe in that immediately? I mean, I, I read it and I'm re-energized, right? I mean, yeah. he is, he was just that kind of leader and what makes it different. He didn't just say the words. That was right. his belief system, right? That was, and it made a difference in the people, the people that came here, not only under him, but you've got Steve and Cheryl and others uh, in our city, our executive leadership team that are trying to hire great. We're all trying to be part of continuing this legacy of service and culture uh, that's been established at the city. And it's, it's just felt. That's the only thing I can explain. When you're talking about these thousand little things, it takes the time and the effort and the energy of each of us as leaders to grow in our, and develop our people on a continual basis so that when we are gone and when we move, for whatever reason, by choice or by force, we have left a legacy of leaders beneath us that can fill in those gaps and provide a continued service uh, that's consistent and follows our belief system into the future. Well, and the only way that you're going to go faster is you've got to put in this time. You've got to put in this time to grow. So if you don't feel like your team can move fast enough now, well, invest the time. It's the only way that they're going to get their speed up. That's right. Every, every team increases in speed the more they grow, the more capable right. they are, the more competent they are, and confident they are. Yes, you must make it. You have got, as a leader, 
just like you choose time for lunch, just like you choose time to work on tasks, like you choose to participate in meetings relative to the programs and, you know, processes in place and the development you're working on, the project you're working on, you make time for those. How can you justify that it is not worth your time to set time to meet with your people and grow them? I mean, they are our future. The projects are going to come no matter what. But how much value can we add to our people of being part of the strategy and understanding how we think and what we're looking for and just growing them so the mindset is clear and on and aligned? You know, that's that's what we are here to do as leaders is develop them and grow them so that this continues well beyond us in the future. Well, before we end, uh, I want you to hit because I think it's a real practical point hit on the, the expectation of the time element that this takes on any given day. I don't care how you paint that. You you can paint the story of, of kind of how you do it. But I remember you and I having this conversation about the one-on-one meetings and so many times we get this expectation. Okay, well, I've got this many employees and I'm going to have to give an hour to each one of them. And I just don't, I can't, I just can't fit that in the calendar. Yeah. What are, what are your thoughts about just the whole time commitment for whatever that interaction looks like, whether it's formal or informal, whether it's something scheduled or it's just something that's organic and that happens over the course of a day or a week of work. And first and foremost, it needs to be intentional. Um, there, like you said, there's informal moments that just take minutes in a day. Um, that's, for me, that what that looks like is just conversations where like I just got pinged on teams and an employee says, do you have a second? You know, usually that means they're coming in. They need help on an equity. They maybe somebody's called them. You want to first make yourself available to provide insight. And those are minutes. They can say, you know, I was considering this. I don't know what it looks like a disciplinary action for a, a director. And here's the issue. And my thinking is X just sharing insight and wisdom is still development because you can ask questions. You can be curious of how you got there. You can test their thinking, test their strategy uh, to understand it and gain the knowledge behind it and then provide insight to help them. You know, well, what I would, what I would question was X and here's why have we looked at the policy? I mean, you're anything you ask, you're automatically growing them. Those are moments. The intentional parts are setting strategy time are, you know, setting the one-on-ones where you can ask one question to make sure we're aligned. My question in the past, we've talked about in prior shows. In fact, I've, I just told my management team, I'm getting these set back up again to talk with the entire team. Cause I, I, I don't do them as frequently as they do. My le- HR leaders do, um, I believe theirs is every other week with their team for five or 10 minutes with their team members. But for me, I, did, I spend about 15, 20 minutes a person and just ask one question in the past that has been, uh, it's different every time, but the most recent one was what's getting in the way of creating raving fan service, because that's our business philosophy as a city. And they came up with great ideas. And I said, okay, then then we troubleshoot those as a team once I compile them. Um, So those intentional meetings, uh, those can take hours out of your year, hours out of your year 
versus, um, you know, and then setting strategy time. We set a strategic meeting annually with the team where we look back on our goals in the past and we strategize on what is the city's focus in the future and how can we align our business strategies with that. Um, we do those kind of meetings. Again, it sounds like me leading it, which it is, but I also let my leaders have a component. So they're, they're teaching a component of it. And then the team is getting to see how we think and we're growing them in just simple stuff that is not said. It's growing them in why strategy is important. It's growing them on how to align to the business culture. It's it's teaching them our investment in them and that they're valued to take the time out of their day and our days to invest in our people. It's just, those are just, and if you think about it, those are minutes in an entire year of you being busy. Minutes. When you look at the entire 365 days. Yeah, my parting shot would be, and this is a subject for another show, but, you know, in addition to kind of these 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 micro moments and the time and the commitment that we spend to train people is that my experience is high performers want to be challenged. And we can't say, well, the work is challenging. People need to be personally and professionally challenged. And by that, I don't mean confronted, but people need to understand that we're investing in them to grow for what purpose? just to do it. Okay. Partly, but we're doing it with some intent and the intent is to make them better. The intent is for them to be able to perform at even a higher level. And for those that want, and there's plenty of them to take on more responsibility. And, and who does it, that benefit? Yeah. And to give them more work, you know, because we typically already do that. We typically already pile on the high performer. And so the low performer, they get rewarded by, we're going to take that off your plate. And the high performer, they get punished by, we pile on stuff on their plate, but we do it without growing them. We do it, it it's seen more as a punitive thing than as accepting responsibility. And every, come on, you know, it's an old metaphor, but it's true. You know, every teenage kid wants dad's car keys. And high performers on your team give me the keys. Yeah. Give me the keys. And so if we invest in them so that we can trust them with the keys and give them the keys and let them drive the car every now and again, it's a, it's a huge, huge thing. I've never, ever met a high performer that doesn't want crave to be challenged in that kind of a way. Well, and I think for some leaders to your point, um, it's not that they don't want to develop their people. I think so many of us get saturated in our day-to-day -day survival, right? We're trying to survive the day and there's more to do than any of us can get done. Uh, our project list never ends. It's not, I have never had a day at the city where I can say I was caught up ever. And I've been here in my 27th year. You All I'm doing is managing your, the day. You can't even get your email inbox caught up. What are you no. talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I feel good when I get underneath 100 emails, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm like, man, I'm successful today. So, um, But it's all about time management. It was really what this comes down to. You're managing your time, and how much of that time are you going to devote to your people? That's the bottom line. How much of your time 
are you taking to invest in your people? And if you look at your calendar and, and it, you may not have a formal meeting, but if you're not taking time to meet with your people, there, there's going to be a problem. You've got to take time to invest in your people and grow them because honestly, the value is not just to you, the value is to your department and your organization, and they will be better because of it. Well, it's the Henry Ford quote, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, either way, you're right. So grow your people. Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great, a city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com. Thank you.